What's up? Wrestling fan! Ah, it's that time of the week for them boys from 607TWS to talk all things pro wrestling. It's time for this week's edition of 607TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Of course, also in podcast form if you're listening to us, anywhere you get great podcasts. By searching 607TWS. Of course, I'm one of your hosts here on 607 Podcast on Twitch, and I'm also the host of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich. Joining me, as he always does, the other host here on 607 Podcast on Twitch, and you know him best as the host of the Outcho, Garo Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, long live GCW. Let's fucking go! Damn, he is loud. He's ready. He's ready to ruckus. And uh, this just in, Lou says, 607TWS is number one in the Czech Republic. Key demo. Number one. Number one, baby. And all of Eastern Europe, by the way. That is a very good call. And we are very proud of that. We just don't brag about it on the internet. No. We leave that to Uncle Dave. But legit, <laughs> legit, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to air with real breaking news. Yes. This is out of uh, out of ordinary. I'm going to talk about what the show, but this is really just breaking. It just happened. I just came across my uh, Patreon for uh, Game Changer Wrestling. 8 p.m. tonight, they made the announcement that we probably all were waiting for. GCW presents The Collective as it returns WrestleMania weekend. Let's go. At Fair Park in Dallas, Texas from March 31st to April 2nd. Live wrestling events, merchandise, food trucks, and more. Uh, plus the GCW World Fair, 17,000 square feet of vendors, exhibits, games, podcasts, stage shows, and more. For vendor opportunities and table space, email thecollective2022 at gmail.com. Just in case anybody's wondering. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll take a trip to Dallas after all. I don't know. That's, Who knows? that's big news. Big news. Uh, like letting us know first, the collective comes to Fair Park in Dallas for 2022. There you go. So uh, WrestleMania weekend has become one of my favorites, and that dropped at 8 p.m. tonight for everybody else. I got it on the uh, Patreon five minutes before. So as we were queuing up music, that is the big news from GCW. Which, could there be any more gigantic news for GCW in these past few weeks? Who's this? They're absolutely crushing it right now, folks. If you're not on board, get on board. Speaking of Game Changers Wrestling, they're crushing it so much for the second week in a row. They're going to be the main event because they deserve oh. it. When we did the votes this week, uh, and especially anybody who watched it, if some people are like, oh, I, can't, I don't know why you're doing that for those of you who may not watch Game Changer Wrestling, oh, there's a great reason. Uh, and we'll get to that in the main event. Mm. Just trust me. As a matter of fact, let's give you the tease. Ken M, and I quote... What did you say about this show that went down on Saturday? GCW, So Alive, is the best card of 2021 at O'Day Parlay Hour if you want to argue it. And he means best wrestling show, period. Facts. Like, including all companies. Include, and I'm not, I, I ain't calling you wrong. Including WrestleMania, including Full Gear, including All Out. No, this card this past Saturday night was the best damn card of the year. 
And that's why we're going to talk about it in the main event. Uh, but in the mid-card, we'll be uh, hitting you up with that New Japan Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. update. Also, we watched a great new pro, uh, great new promotion on independentwrestling.tv. Yes. We'll talk about them as well, along as with AAA Triple Mania. Uh, we'll talk about that in the mid-card. And, of course, in the opening bout, we're going to give our, uh, our full-on review of NXT TakeOver War Games. Exactly. And uh, when we do that, uh, you know, we were live for it. We'll talk about that even more last night on Twitch. So we'll talk about that. And there's a couple other WWE news. We're going to talk about the future of Johnny Gargano, what we Mm -hmm. think. We promised that last night. We're not going to leave you behind on that. And, of course, uh, there's uh, some late-breaking WWE news as well about a situation that we're not going to go too far deep diving in on because I don't think it's fair. But we will be talking about it. And I think some of you probably know what it is already. So that's going to be our show. But before, before we get to that portion of the show, we got to take care of a little bit of business. How do the people find yourself and the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast? Very simple. You want to talk to me and the panel, and I hope you do, and I will gladly debate why GCW Soul Live was the best card of the year. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media. You can find us at OD Parley Hour on most social media platforms. Also, check out Parley Point's new Blogs Count Anywhere blog dropped right before war games so you got my honest opinions before the show so you can match up with this after the show the t public store always rocking with some kind of sale going on new designs coming out all that so much more odphpodcast.com of course uh for all things three fat nerds podcast you can find us at 8122productions.com we have a link also to a t public store we have the mary nerdmas shirt up if for those of you who are interested also we have uh, a bunch of other logo shirts and i have one that's brewing that should be out in the next week or so that whew, mm. i cannot wait for you guys to see uh ken doesn't even know about it yet i'll tell him after the show uh but uh it's a lot of cool things going on over there my wife is also so she has more time and her artistic juices are flowing nice so she's going to be making some more designs of course you can find out all about horror zone 607 and 607 tws and the three fat nerds podcast at 8122productions.com we're on all social medias three fat nerds pod throw an at in front of it you can chat with me anytime anyplace of course we have a patreon patreon.com slash 8122productions for as little as one dollar a month you can help. You get a ton of extra bonus content. Plus, you can help all the podcasting and live streams we do here at uh, Six Hundred Seven Podcast Slash Eight One Two Two Productions. Uh, we need to make a note because of you Twitch guys. We need to make a note. Let's open this show with this. Okay. This upcoming Saturday, originally slated, we were going to be live commentary and reaction to UFC pay per view. Yes. We made a decision to change that. Because this upcoming Saturday is also quite possibly either the last Ring of Honor show until April or the last Ring of Honor show, period. And that, of course, is Final Battle. Mm-hmm. So at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast this upcoming Saturday, we will have our live reactions and commentary for ROH Final Battle 2021. You're not going to want to miss that. It's a loaded card. All titles on the line and you will. We you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. If it's going to be the last show, let us go out in a bang, and that's what we thought would be the better quality content for you because UFC. Let's face it, as we'll talk about it on the ODPH this week, you got two really solid matches, and everything else is kind of there. Young Padawan Jay is in the chat saying, "What looks more optimistic, Von Wagner's future in NXT or Kickers being able to perform in the Buffalo tonight?" Kickers. Uh, I'm going to say this. Von, you, you made one mistake. You said NXT, cross that out. He's going to the main roster soon. <laughs> like, they're high on that kid. I He's know. already been appearing on SmackDown. This is so bad. Ladies and gentlemen, the so future weird. of the business. Uh, Lou's in chat. Lou will tell you. Lou, tell, tell Pat Oliver in the chat about WrestleMania 41. <laughs> He'll tell you about the main event of WrestleMania 41. 
So, with that being said, it's been a great week of wrestling. I am wrestling out. I'm going on a wrestling sabbatical until <laughs> until final until final battle. I am I'm being dead serious. I think maybe I'm going to watch. Uh, I, I'm, I probably will watch NXT and AEW this week. However. Uh, like it, it, usually I do that in passing. <laughs> so, yeah. so like I am wrestled out. We watched, I watched a ton of wrestling this past week. And so didn't Ken M. So we have a b- great big show for you guys. And, uh, you know what? Let's, let's, let's cut the, let's cut the BS and let's get right down to it because Ken M, you know what? It's time! It is time to kick off the opening bout of the show. And we are going to kick it off with simply put NXT had its war games pay-per-view this past Sunday. And uh, we were live for on twitch.tv right here on twitch.tv slash six or seven podcast. If you're listening in podcast form, Hey, sometime drop by for one of the live pay-per-views. Even if you don't want to drop by for the live six Oh seven TWS, trust me, you'll have a lot of fun. I can tell you we had a blast. Uh, we we talked all things, you know, when the show bogged down. We talked all things from Roddy Piper to Bad News Brown to, uh, I don't know, there was a bunch of stuff that came up. WrestleMania 41, which you're seeing in the chat right now from Lou. We have the best chat for live reactions, bar none on Twitter for wrestling events or combat sports when we decided to do UFC 2. You want to swing through, you want to make your voice known, because even when the show is bad, we give you that honest prediction. We don't try selling you about how great it is when it's not. You want that honest talk, you want that real talk for nothing? That's where you drop that follow and check it out. We give you that real, real. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, so you can go back and check that out. That'll be up for 14 days if you want to go through it and kind of see what we said during the event. It was a lot of fun. But we are going to recap it right here on 607 TWS. First off, there was a dark match we did not get to see, Ken M. Mm. Uh, Odyssey Jones defeated Andre Chase. We don't have a time for that match either. But right I don't understand one, why Odyssey Jones was not on the main roster or main card because he's one of the bright spots in this 2.0. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right guy won there. Odyssey Jones is fantastic. I don't know why they're not featuring. Also, Andre Chase is pretty entertaining. I'll He's entertaining. I'll, I'll give it. I'm just I, the gimmick though is just not working on me just yet. Just but, yet. But how sad is it that even so, that gimmick is still better than most of the gimmicks in 2.0. Oh, I'll give you that. Okay, so let's go to the main show. And the opening contest was our first Wall Games matchup, and of course, it was the women's. War Games matchup, uh, and uh, we'll just go right in. 31 minutes, 22 seconds. The team of Cora Jade, Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, and Raquel Gonzalez defeated Dakota Kai, Toxic Attraction, Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane. Uh, they won via pinfall. Let's go through that match, though, so uh, we know who won. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let, let's throw it out there. Some really crazy stuff happened in this match, but I think the highlight of the night <laughs> was young Cora Jade. looked like she blew out her shoulder, maybe dislocated it. Uh, they looked like they were going to get her out of the cage. But then Io Shirai told the doctors to get back. She pulled Cora J back in and said, don't worry, I'll take care of it, and proceeded to snap her arm back into place. <laughs> I will never fuck with Io Shirai. Like, seriously, that was so badass. Oh, my God. Work or shoot does not matter. Hilarious. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. Uh, there's some, a lot of good spots in this match. I did enjoy this match. Before we talk about the finish, I really did enjoy this match. I thought it was a very good uh, War Games match. Yeah, I thought Gigi did a, had a great performance. MVP I, of the women's match, yes. Gigi Dallin. Absolutely. No question about that. Only a couple spots that were really uh, a letdown. I will say Mandy Rose actually missing the V-trigger. That was something I was not expecting to Completely see. Completely missed it. Yeah, so I'm not going to hold it against the match itself, though. It was a solid, entertaining match. Yusha Rai, like I said, the, when she decided to pop that shoulder back in, I was like, God damn. 
Well, uh, the end of the match comes with uh, basically Cora Jade kind of stealing a pin after not doing much at the end of the match because of the shoulder injury. Uh, injury, sorry, as she roll, uh, she kind of she pinned Mandy Rose, the NXT Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of a flat ending. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I understood the story they're going for because I was like, I I did predict kind of that where we we're going to go with it was Cora Jade somehow stealing uh, a title shot and that going to like get in there maybe a few with Io Shirai or some of the other women, Kaylee Ray, whatever. And it looks like that's kind of what they're doing. I just didn't like the execution, per se. Right. I I thought they kind of just tried rushing in too much. And obviously, the injury factor, I, if it was real, I think played a little bit of a factor. If not, they tried overselling the injury if it's not. But, yeah, I think the ending fell a little flat, but still a solid match, though, nevertheless. Next up for the second match of the night was the for the NXT Tag Team Championships. That match got 14 minutes and 53 seconds and saw the team of Imperium, your NXT Tag Team Champions, and still NXT Tag Team Champions as they defeated Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. In this match, I'm going to say other than the middle part with Eichner and uh, O'Reilly, boy, was this match bad. This was awful. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I'm sorry. We have this new breed of talent the new blood whatever the hell you want to call it and this was the moment on takeover you either step up or you don't and i am sorry von wagner in my opinion was not ready for that moment because he looked awful in this match and for imperium to have a bad match because of it because they are usually money to have a match of the night contender every time they step in the ring this was just abysmal and that wasn't even the worst offense in this match. The worst was at the end of the match, looks like everything's fine, and then Von Wagner completely gives up the fact that he is going to turn on Kyle O'Reilly and his facial features before he does it. And then, of course, it backfires, and he still gets beat up by Kyle O'Reilly. So that's going to lead to a steel cage match on Tuesday, I do believe they said, inside this because Kyle O'Reilly is missing more games. It was something like that. By the way, I heard online, I missed this when the actual stream, he threw up the UE sign. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know if they showed it on the original. Yeah, I, I heard wind about that. And, I mean, he put it over. He's saying it's it's always a brotherhood there. It's always family. Mm-hmm. So January will be here soon enough. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of saying. He might have just tipped his hat right there. And, listen, if this is the blowout feud, I'm, I'm scared to watch that match because I, Wagner's going over. Listen, I said this live, and I'll say it now. You could have had MSK fight for those belts. Mm-hmm. You could have had uh, the the Grizzled Young Vets fight for those belts. Hell, you could have thrown fucking. You could have done Joe Gacy and Harlan for those belts. You there were so many different options that you didn't have to do this shitty makeshift team. And here we are. Well, that's why they here tried rushing this angle, and especially the mismanagement of Kyle O'Reilly with the uh, the dissolving of undisputed era like i'm sorry he won the feud with adam cole he should be on his way to do something not saying world championship but he could obviously contend for north american whatever you want to do the fact that you put him back in a makeshift tag team to try getting von wagner over who clearly is just not he's not there you're wasting his time and then you're wondering why his body language this entire match was like uh I'm going through the motions, and you can't say otherwise. Lou says they did show it. I believe you. Once again, I was just I shitting, missed it. I, I was shitting all over the match, so it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so next up, we had the hair versus hair match. Uh, this match got 10 minutes, 24 seconds, and to the, the moon! moon! Cameron Grimes defeated Duke Hudson. Thank God. Hor- Duke Hudson's fucking horrible. By the way, Duke Hudson scratched the shit out of uh, Yo. Cameron Grimes during this match, and I think that could have led to what happened at the end because... 
When he was getting him into the chair, Cameron Grimes gave him the double stomp, definitely connected with his face, and definitely pushed his face into the metal round thing of the, the chair, cutting open the eyelid and bruising the side of the head of one Duke Hudson. Yet again, somebody else that wasn't ready for primetime and it showed. You have one chance to make a first impression, especially being on a takeover. And this was a bad match. Cameron Grimes did all he could, albeit the scratch was weird. And then let alone... Dude, the, the receipt was real. The receipt was real. You could definitely tell. It, and that was kind of the overall theme. We'll get to it when we talk oh, about the, the main, main event, event. The main event has a lot of receipts. Yeah, uh, that's... But, that's uh, the, 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 that contest was the first receipt we would see of the night. Yes, you can definitely tell the temp in the room of how the locker room is, is appearing because if perception is reality... I'm going to say... You're getting some vibes right now. When we talk about the main event, I think oh, I want to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, 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 I think absolutely. there's something really going on here. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a yeah. second. But uh, before then, we had one more match before the main event. And that, of course, was for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. This match got 8 minutes and 27 seconds. And still, NXT Cruiserweight Champion Roderick Strong as he defeated Joe Gacy... And a great match, though. It was a very good match. Very short. They probably should have swapped that time with the Imperium and uh, uh, O'Reilly. Wagner. Wagner. I don't even want to talk about that guy anymore. But they should have probably swapped those times. I feel like 14 minutes and 53 seconds would have been way better for this match. Well, that's the thing. Gacy is ready for prime time. Not that we know, we're saying this because we know him. And Roddy's, and Roddy's and, great. And Roddy is great, too. You had guys in there that knew what they were doing and grasped the spotlight. And for Joe Gacy, and especially his character, whether you love it or you hate it, he he's ran with it as far as he can go with it. He's still climbing with it. This was a solid performance for him. I'm actually was surprised they did not give the win to Gacy because I figured when they made the st special stipulation for the belt, it was going to go to him and we go to a different storyline. But good that they kept it on Roddy. He's been a great cruiserweight champion. I just want to see more competition in that division if you're really going to push it now. Well, Roddy's great. He's been doing a great job, and, and we need to continue to remember that. But unfortunately, you know, I, I would have loved to see Gacy win, and that's just me selfishly. However, I'm all right with it. And uh, Lou did say, uh, don't you dare make fun of the Shane Douglas to Van Wagner's Johnny Ace. Oh. You know they're going to form a tag team, uh, Duke Barrett and, and Von Wagner. They'll be your uh, tag team champions. Good Lord. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I threw up in my mouth a little bit right there. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the main event. Yes. 30, it was the men's War Games match. 38 minutes, 11 seconds. The Team 2.0, Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo defeated Team Black and Gold, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, L.A. Knight, and Tommaso Ciampa, your NXT champion. Uh, let's first talk about uh, the, 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 the obvious in the room. We're going to talk more about his future in a minute. But Johnny Gargano, the swan song, comes out to uh, Rebel Heart. Yeah. And also comes out in the greatest collage of all of his takeover outfits uh, representing the comic book uh, realm. It was awesome. How did you feel about the entrance? It was so awesome that the black and gold team was outside of their cage cheering him on in his entrance. Well, actually, he came in as somebody that we didn't pick up on. He was a variant of Loki because if you know how Loki's Chiron, they move the letters around. Same thing with his tights. Well, yeah, but he yeah. also had all but the... He, but he had the homage to all his TakeOver outfits, which was fantastic, too. Like I say, Johnny Gargano is Mr. Johnny TakeOver. He always steps up for it. The team was hyped up for him, and that energy really carried through for Team Black and Gold for this match. They knew the moment they were in, and they ran with it. 
So before we jump into uh, all the happenings and then, of course, the post-match, let's talk about... <laughs> let's talk about first of all let's talk about the positive of our MVP yes. of team 2.0 and that was Carmelo Hayes I was rough on him coming into the night because you know what in big moments it seems like he thinks too much and doesn't go but I'll tell you what he was the one bright spot of team 2.0 in Facts. my opinion absolutely no he definitely stepped his game up for it this was his best match we've seen him in NXT bar none started the match with Gargano him and Gargano had a great wrestling match and that continued throughout and both of those guys in there for 38 minutes and 11 seconds and they were still going strong Beautiful. Now, let's talk about the violence. (laughs) By the way, 2.0 in storyline asked for violence, and Pete Dunne gave them violence. I mean, everybody did, but Pete Dunne in particular. This was his Christmas. And the target for most of Team Black and Gold in the violence was a guy that none of us liked, Grayson Waller. (laughs) When you have Daniel Pewter vibes, let's just say you knew how... Team Black and Gold felt about this man. Oh, they were trying to kill him. Yeah. They were trying to kill this him. This was a point. message. This was not... You kind of wonder where the lines blurred a little bit. I, I'm i just saying you knew the intent was there. L.A. Knight came in there with a purpose, and then Pete Dunne was smiling the entire match, which he doesn't smile often. Yeah, L.A. Knight, uh, I, I thought it was phenomenal. I, I can't say enough about it. It was, it was really cool. Uh, Pad goes, Waller, Waller's got a receipt longer than CVS. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, facts. Oh, my God. It, the, the, I, I felt bad for him at one point. At one point, I just felt bad for him because they beat the shit out of him. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them were getting lumps. At the end of the day, Braun Breaker wins the match. I mean, really, it takes second, you know, second fill other than the violence. And I, before we jump into like the, the swan song, because I, I have a nice little clip that was uh, shared by primetime Sam Roberts mm-hmm. of post-match that we did not get to see on the event. From Johnny Gargano speaking to the live crowd, because uh, we were going to play that for you. Uh, before we get to that and talk about Gargano and his future, I do want to point out that what we talked about. I really feel like the old guard really, really doesn't like this new guard in real life. Oh, facts. I, I think that I think that there's some issues. I think that there's a lot of ego in the 2.0 crew. They think that they're the hot shit because of the way they've been treated, and I don't think the OGs like that shit too much. And I think you've seen it. We saw it definitely with what happened to Duke Hudson's face. Mm-hmm. Because there's no mistaking that he stomped on his face on purpose. Yes. There's no mistaking it. I'm su- I am I won't be surprised if there isn't some kind of punishment for Cameron Grimes. Because he cut his eye- eyelid and his whole f- side of his head was fucked. Like, and I don't blame him. I don't. The scratches on his body were ridiculous. Yeah, that was just... Un- you could definitely tell he he wasn't ready for the big stage. And listen, the entire night, that's the narrative that came out of this event. There is definitely a perceived issue going on in that locker room. And it showed in the matches. You know that there is something there. Whether there are people mad about the releases and taking it out on the, on the new talent that's there, I don't know. But there is something wrong. And this is only going to boil even further now because this is the first pay-per-view-esque event that we have seen this on. Halloween Havoc is a, is a special. I'm not counting that. This is the first time we've seen it at War Games. And 
This is the narrative that everybody's taken away from this. Lou says, I stand with black and gold, as do I. Mm-hmm. And Pat says, I definitely got the vibes of a locker room split between old school and 2.0 during the show. I, I agree. I think there's a problem there, and I don't think WWE's helping it out any at all. No. But let's not speculate on that any further because uh, we're going to take up some time here, and I don't think anybody minded. In case anybody did not see this or hear this, we're going to play the audio. We're not going to show it. We're going to play the audio. This is courtesy of our good friend, primetime Sam Roberts. And uh, this is Johnny Gargano after War Games speaking about uh, basically giving his goodbye. Uh, so, and then we're going to talk about his future right after. So, I'm going to cut our mic so you're not, because I think that this is important to hear. So, here is Johnny Gargano after War Games. Upset that I just ruined the undefeated streak in our uh, in our war games record in our house. So I mean that's I'm in trouble when I get home. Trust me, guys. But you guys are saying thank you to me, but really I want to say thank you to all of you. Because without all of you. There wouldn't be a Johnny Wrestling, and that's true. because I feel like you guys aren't just fans. We've known each other for such a long time now. You guys are like my family. This is like my family. And right now, I'm beat up, I'm sore, I'm tired. I got a lot on my mind, but I wanna tell you guys everything, and I will tell you guys everything this Tuesday night, okay? Okay? Everyone come right back here Tuesday night. And I'm gonna tell you guys everything, okay? Before we get that DMCA for that music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Johnny Gargano basically giving the, the crowd a nice little send-off, but also saying that this Tuesday night on NXT on USA, we will uh, find out his future. But with that being said, what, what, if we weren't, we are commentators if we don't talk about it. But by the way, Lou said OGs were like, okay, young bloods. You want to see what got us over with the crowd? What made NXT so special? Well, we are about to show you. So they definitely did a good job as far as the OGs. Uh, but let's talk about Johnny Gargano. A lot mm. of speculation. A lot of people talking about a lot of things, Ken M. Is he going to All Elite Wrestling? Is he leaving NXT slash WWE? Is he going to the main roster? Is he going to return to independent wrestling? What is Johnny Wrestling going to do? And I'm going to tell you what I think Johnny Wrestling is going to do. I have, two, I have two opinions of what Johnny Gargano is going to do. On one hand, I can see Johnny Gargano... Staying loyal to World Wrestling Entertainment. I can. I can see him doing it. I can mm-hmm. see him signing a big money contract, going up to the main roster. They probably won't get use out of him because, you know, they fucking suck. 
it sucks to say it, but at least he'll get paid, right? Mm. If 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 they're really interested in keeping him, I could see them offering him more money and keeping him in NXT. Because I think that's the only way he's going to really be happy in World Wrestling Entertainment. I think that has maybe even be the crucial point. But honestly, I only believe that about 30%. Because I'm 70% sure that Johnny Gargano is going to leave. He's going to sign a contract with All Elite Wrestling. So he has a steady income. And he's going to go back to what he really loves, and that's the independent pro wrestling. And with the indies being as hot as they are, he can definitely make a living. See, he could probably skip out of AEW too. However, I feel like that guaranteed check, and we're going to talk about that a little more in a second, is a little more appealing, if you will. What are your thoughts on his future before I dive deeper into not just Gargano, but other wrestlers? One, he's done with NXT tomorrow night. In fact, he is going to either get the proverbial beatdown send-off by Team 2.0, or he's going to lose a la Rocky Four style to Braun Breaker to further the Ciampa storyline, that he that he beats his best friend and basically forces him out, uh, kind of like what they did with Karrion Cross and Donovan uh, Dijak when it was fighting for Keith Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of same storytelling, which I would listen, that's what you're going to do. He's going to do the right thing on the way out the door. He's gone. There's no way he's going to the main roster because he knows as well as we do that he won't get utilized as well as he should. He's always been, at least from what we've always heard, very pro NXT, never wanted to go to the main roster. I can't see him doing that now. So I do think he's going to the indies. The question is if he's going to go to the AEW or not. And I think what he's going to do is take his time and be the hottest free agent on the independent scene because of how big it's booming right now. And I think that he'll take his time to come into AEW when he feels he's ready to. But I could see him obviously showing up at the Hammerstein for GCW in January and give him Blake Christian. No, I've been saying that as well. Uh, Lou's opinion is he says WWE doesn't normally do tributes like they did for Johnny when they are in their on their way out, which makes me think that he's staying. Maybe take time off for the baby and then show up at the Rumble. I mean, it's a possibility. I just don't. I honestly don't see it. Because here's what it boils down to: uh, Pads goes on with Lou. Candice is due in February. Rumble is at the end of January. Might work. Okay, I can see that. I can see it happening. However, here's what it comes down to. And I've been saying this, and I'm one of the people that's been in the forefront of saying that AEW is oversaturated. But, but Rich, you just said Johnny Gargano could go there. Well, here's the difference. When you look at the two big companies, mm. I, quotation marks, the two big companies, the two ones that are the most profitable, if you will. Uh, when you look at those two companies, which is WWE and AEW, okay? When you look at them, both are having the same exact problems whether fans want to admit it or not. Because of the oversaturation in talent in AEW, you're not seeing a lot of guys on TV. You're not seeing a lot of guys pushed. You're not seeing a lot of stars. That's I think that's why they're losing their base. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to see the Rhodeslander anymore. <sighs> no, you know, CM Punk didn't work. Brian Danielson didn't work. Adam Cole, I don't can't say he didn't work because you don't see him on TV half the time. No, he's cutting vignettes. Or comes to the ring to go to commentary. You know, yeah. and then he didn't even do commentary because he ended up just doing a super kick. Like it's shit like that that people are tired of because they're not really pushing anybody. And I get it. And but and on on the flip side, you have World Wrestling Entertainment who killed the one good thing that wrestling fans like, not universe fans. There's mm-hmm. a big difference, but they killed the one thing wrestling fans like. And I get it. I get it. I said it last night. I figured it out. 
is because they want to make NXT like the universe so the universe marks will tune, tune in. Yeah. Don't blame them. They make millions of dollars that way. Don't blame them. They're going to make over a billion dollars in profit this year because of universe marks. So they don't care about wrestling fans. And the more, sooner everybody accepts that, and the sooner just people stop bitching about it, the better off we'll all be. Mm-hmm. Just, just realize, if you're watching WWE right now, they're just banking on nostalgia for some of us to tune in, and then the other people, they're banking on the fact that they're the universe marks, and they'll eat the shit that they feed them. And those are the people who pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Don't blame them. If I was running the promotion, I'd do the same shit. Not even lying. Because you're telling me you're going to turn down a billion dollars in profit? Exactly. It's a business. They're going to do what they feel is best for them. They don't, they're at a stage they don't care. But uh, so both sides are kind of like a double-edged sword right now. Is AEW doing better in-ring work? Absolutely, because they're a wrestling company. Mm-hmm. They are. They, they care about the wrestling, but it's just that there's too many people. They don't have enough time. And it's really, we're, we're running into that time and time again. And that's the biggest you know thing. So why would I say Johnny Gargano is likely to go there? It's simple. If you sign with All Elite Wrestling, we've already seen the way from certain people, you can wrestle on the independent wrestling scene. So the nice part about having an AEW contract is you get to get a fat paycheck from Tony Khan that's guaranteed money. You only have to work, what did we figure it out before, for like 56 times a year. And even if you start showing up to some of those dark and dark elevation tapements, less than 100 dates a year, we'll say. Mm. Easy. Okay? Yeah. Less than 100 dates. And then every weekend, you can go out and do the passion. And, 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 and Johnny Gargano is passionate about independent pro wrestling and wrestling. And you can go out and do that. Proof, proof of which, perfect uh, you know, person to, uh, that embodies this is Joey Janela. Yeah. He's shown the map. He's shown the works. And right now, with uh, independent pro wrestling being as hot as it's ever been, and, and that's fact. We were talking about it on, 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 on stream. We're going to talk about it right here later on. I mean... We watched like six wrestling shows this weekend, and that's not even all of them. We mm-hmm. didn't even get a chance to watch all of them. I know. How crazy is that? There was no time. There yeah. was too many on at the same time. On Saturday night, we literally, at the same time, you had an NWA pay-per-view, AAA pay-per-view, and GCW, and IWTV was running two shows. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't count what was going on in people's backyards. Yeah. Well, I'm not, not literally, maybe. But you know what I mean? Like local feds who d- aren't on those things. Excite. Excite was going on in the afternoon. I mean, it ended. It, yeah. st- it started by the time it ended, there was still NWA had started and AAA had started. Right. Not not GC Dub, but still the other two had started. Freelance started at the same time as GC Dub, Freelance Underground. Right. Anyways, I digress. So it, there's never been a hot time. And, and we saw footage from a lot of these places. A lot of these places are packed. And I understand they're smaller buildings. But I saw. Easily 300 plus people packing freelance underground's, you know, brewery show. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of people in that small space. You know, GCW sold out crowd in Texas. And that was a big, pretty big crowd. There were probably a thousand plus people there. Uh, easy thousand, I would say. You know, AAA, it was hard to see all the fans, but there was quite a bit of people in that baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see all of them because it was dark. <laughs> but there were, it, was, it wasn't empty. Put it that way. And NWA had quite the crowd. Yeah. So it's like, it's never been a hotter time to be as part of the independence. And if you really want to apply your trade and wrestle, you know what I would do? I would sign with AEW because they're going to sign you. I would take the, the guaranteed paycheck and show up the TV. And if they use me, they use me. If not, oh, well. Mm-hmm. And then I would go and wrestle for GCW. And I would go and wrestle, in Gotti Gargano's case, for his home promotion, AIW. And I would go and wrestle for NWA and anywhere else I can wrestle because AEW will let you do it. Yeah. 
I think it's a win-win for guys. And I think that's why you're going to see a lot of guys make that decision. Kyle O'Reilly's another one that'll probably make that decision. I don't know about Kevin Owens. I'm, I'm back on this Kevin Owens ain't going nowhere trend. He's trolling everybody. I don't think he's going. But, I know. I know. I'm, I'm jumping back on that. He's staying. Uh, Pat says, as much as it p- pains me to say it, I'm starting to put one foot out the door with NXT. I just don't like what they're doing with 2.0. I said that last night, too. Yeah. I've been one foot out the door now for the past month. And trust me, it's going to get to a point when they lose enough people that I'm going to be like, eh, that door's going to close behind it. When it becomes what it looks like it's going to become, WWE programming light, I don't have any reason to watch. When you have the new shield of Wagner, Waller, and Hudson. Yeah. But let me get it perfectly straight. Johnny Gargano could choose loyalty, and Johnny Gargano could sign a fat paycheck for WWE, but that means he's going to go to the main roster, and we're all going to bitch about how he's not used, right? Yeah, no, So either way, it's a double-edged sword. The only cool thing is if he goes to AEW for us wrestling fans, and this is greedy for me because I'm the greedy wrestling fan, I always say this, I'll probably get to see Johnny Gargano versus Blake Christian in fucking GCW. I'll probably get to see Johnny Gargano versus my boy Wes Barkley in AIW, and so on and so forth. That's the only thing that I look at. I'll probably get to see Johnny Gargano make his Excite Wrestling return mm-hmm. so I can see him in my own backyard, which will bring me to the show. Yes. Effie will also bring me to the show. There's a list. Ninja Mac. Will Ninja bring fucking me. Mac. By the way, thanks for the follow on Twitter, Ninja Mac. You're the man. And if you don't know about Ninja Mac, get familiar. Oh, my God. Get bet familiar. On, bet on that, baby. Bet on that. But anyways, uh, and now that we know that he's going to be at the hammer scene, which we should talk about later, uh, uh, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Lou says, well, I think KO deserves a good run with a belt. He is still booked really strong and makes good money. He doesn't need to leave. I agree with you. I've been saying that forever. I said it last night. When people are like, oh, why would you, well, you know, they, they don't give him that. I would love to see him with a run with a belt, too. But you know what? Sometimes job security, way better. Mm. Think about it. He is a consummate main eventer. At any given time, when they don't have anything going on, they can plug him in the main event. And also, all roads to the belt go through him. Same way as Cesaro. Same way as Dolph Ziggler. Those guys are the workhorses that don't get the credit that they deserve from fans because fans think they're being buried. Mm. They're not. They're the workhorses, and they know it. They're the guys that make everybody look good. Everybody. How many guys have fought those three gentlemen and looked like they were going to be great pro wrestlers and then shit the bed? Oh, numerous. Because they make everybody look good. That's like the Bret Hart back in the day. <laughs> I just, I just want to. No, throw no, it out no, there. no. You're, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just, I was thinking about the 2.0 class coming on there and facing Cesaro, Ziggler, and Owens. It wouldn't they'll be make the same. Them, they'll make them look good. They're, they're shit, but they'll yeah. make. Dude, dude, I guarantee this. Cesaro, Ziggler, and Owens will make Von Wagner look like he's the second coming of Brock Lesnar. But, oh. but when you get him in there with Roman Reigns and nothing against Roman, yeah, it'll get exposed. Because Roman isn't isn't there to carry anybody, mm-hmm. and he doesn't need to be, and that's the one thing when people are like, "Well, Roman should, Roman does work fucking hard. He works super hard. He's worked harder than anybody. That's why he's the top dog. He's the big dog, big dog." I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. Why should he have to put somebody over like fucking Von Wagner? They're there to make him look good. Bottom line. So. <sighs> I, I can see KO saying, I honestly do think he, I think I, I love that meme. Remember the basketball where mm-hmm. it's like Kevin Owens got people think he's going to AEW. Like, not quite. I, I think that's going to happen, especially since they're making it a storyline. Yeah. That's when I was like, ah, he ain't leaving. They, t- they tipped the hand too much. Yeah, he ain't leaving. But I think, I think Gargano, I, I would say 70, 30. There is a 30% chance he stays with World Wrestling Entertainment. 
But I think 70% chance he's leaving. I don't know if he'll go to AEW. I'm just assuming that it would be nice to sign that guaranteed check so he can still work the indies. Either way, I think the best place for him is back in the independents because the fan he loves the fans and the fans love him. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Bottom line. But with that being said, we have one more incident to talk about. And I'm not going to change the logo for it. But uh, we found out that uh, some house show news from World Wrestling yeah. Entertainment. Jeff Hardy was sent home. Yeah. There's a lot of speculation that uh, he might have had the uh, impact problem happen again. Mm-hmm. We don't know for it's certain. Speculation. It's all speculation. Yes. Nobody knows for sure. We do know that it's been confirmed by multiple sources he was sent home. Yes. And sent home from a house show. Uh, Matt Hardy said, don't judge. What was the, 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 I don't remember the I don't, I don't know if it was really kind of tied into him, but he was just kind of saying, just don't judge everything you hear, and if somebody's got an opinion, you don't have to go attack them on the internet. Like, you made a tweet about a tweet video. Don't know if it's exactly connecting to this, but it kind of just, it has vibes that you can kind of say maybe I, it's connecting. I'm assuming it is. Yeah. But uh, whatever it is, hopefully Jeff Hardy is all right. Mm-hmm. I don't wish anything bad for him. Oh, absolutely. I, I, hope, okay. I hope really the demons haven't relapsed in him. Because that's shitty. He looked like he was doing very well for himself. So uh, we're not going to be assholes and speculate on it. Where I'm just going to say uh, thoughts. If you if you pray, whatever, whatever you want to believe. Thoughts, prayers, positive vibes to Jeff Hardy. Because mm-hmm. uh, we don't really know what's going on currently. Yeah. And it, it, whether it was his fault or not, uh, he definitely needs all the positive thoughts he can get. So uh, we're not going to take the stand and be like, oh, he's an asshole. Yeah, no, uh, nothing like he's that. He's definitely here. not. And uh, I hope I hope whatever it is. He is going to be uh, uh, all right. With that being said, we're going to take our first break. Before we come back in the mid card, we got some NWA to talk about, some AAA to talk about, some New Japan to talk about, some uh, ETU first show to talk about on IWTV, and so much more when we come back. But when we go to the break, uh, if you're watching on uh, on uh, Twitch, you're going to see information for the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. But we're going to play music by uh, a good friend of yours. Shout out to Robots. Oh, fantastic. Including people. it's going to be your theme song. So Ooh. tell people how to found Shout out to Robots. Very simple. You can swing on over to odphpodcast.com and check out the music section. You can find out everything going on with Shout Out the Robots. You can also check it out at 8122productions.com because we support everybody you hear on this stream outside of here. They're fantastic people. Go get some Shout Out the Robots music and sign up for the Patreon too. Fantastic stuff there. All right. Well, with that being said, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a ton of stuff in the mid card.
All right, welcome back to the mid-card of the show. And of course, this week, the mid-card is brought to you by independentwrestling.tv. Uh, if you want a great selection of independent pro wrestling that you can watch, including uh, new episodes like we're going to talk about Expect the Unexpected ETU, you can find that and more at independentwrestling.tv for $9.99 a month. But if you sign up with promo code ABSOLUTE, you get five free days to check it out, surf around before you make the bet. But trust me, it is a good thing to have if you're a wrestling fan, especially if you're looking for all the great wrestling you can handle. Speaking of independentwrestling.tv, they premiered a brand new company, and we watched their first event. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, was ETU Expect the Unexpected 1, coming to you from the Ridgefield Park, Knights of Columbus in Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. Uh, JCW wrestles out of there. Uh, let's talk about the match real quick. You ready? Yeah, let's do a quick it. rundown. Uh, in the first ever match in ETU, and it was a four-way match. Ken Broadway defeated Akira, Marcus Mathers, and Nolo Kitano. Ooh. Very good match. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Next match up, one of the young gunners in the business, Billy Starks, defeated Masha Slamovich. Wow. Next up, we had... Our homeboy, Ricky Shane Page, RSP, coming out. Uh, if, if you didn't see it on the internet, pretty awesome. The crowd was singing We Can Roll as loud as they could, and he defeated uh, Carlos Romo. Okay. Next up was one of my personal favorites in what became a no-disqualification hardcore match. Danny Demento defeated legendary Cambodian axe murderer Joker. I haven't seen him in a long time, and I was super pumped to see him. As yeah, you, know. you were mentioning that. I was exceedingly happy. Next match was a six-man tag team match between the Embassy, led by Prince Nana, of course, uh, featuring Azriel, Mike Vima, and Papa Don, the Greek god. And they defeated the team of Juba, Valo, and the franchise, Shane Douglas. And at the end of the match, we set up for the next event, Shane Douglas versus Danny Demento. This was a great match. And yeah, that ending... By the way, not at ETU. But ICW No Holds Barred. Yes. In the chains. If you're not familiar with ICW No Holds Barred, it's it's a pretty unique concept. They replace the ring ropes with chains, and the turnbuckles are with rubber tires. Yeah. Very good stuff. I once saw an opening contest there. There was Nick Gage versus... Um, uh, fuck. What's her name? Uh, Persona Non Grata. Oh, oh, um... Damn, why am I drawing a blank? Tessa Blanchard. Because she's persona non grata. Tessa Blanchard, that's why. Unlike unlike, uh, Matt Stryker, I will say her name. Yeah. Uh, Next up, uh, Independent Wrestling TV World Title Match. Alex Shelley defended against the Duke, John Wayne Murdoch. Fantastic match. And then uh, a match that a lot of people were looking forward to, Jonah defeated ACH. Hmm. And in the main event, ladies and gentlemen, they're back. The SAT, Joel and Jose Maximo defeated the main event, Jay Lyon and Midas Black. That was a good match. Very good. Very great. If you did not see uh, highlights from it, uh, SATs hit the world famous originators of the Spanish fly, hit it from the top. Mm. Double Spanish fly to win the match. Great mm. to see them back. I loved every minute of it. Uh, how uh, how did you feel about what I, I know you didn't see the I didn't get I to see all of it, thing, but we saw most of it. Yeah, we saw most of it, and I was impressed with what I saw. It's always good to see a new independent promotion really come out the gates, you know, hot. And this one definitely the matches I caught. I'm excited to go check the next card when it comes out. Uh, 
Well, on Fight.TV, they had a busy night because they had three events going on, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about all three events, starting with NWA Hard, Hard Times 2, by the way, from Atlanta, Georgia, at the GPB Studios. Uh, ready to hear the breakdown? Yeah, let's do it. In the opening bout for the NWA World Junior Heavyweight title, Austin Aries defeated Rest Rhett Titus qualifying match, sorry, because they're crowning a new champion. In the qualifying match, Austin Aries defeats Rhett Titus. For the Impact's Knockout Championship, Mickey James defended the Impact Knockouts title against Kira Hogan from AEW. Heard it was a really solid match. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles, the OGK defended the belts against Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos. Did catch this one. Really good match. NWA Women's title was on the line. Camille defended the belt against Molina. Hmm. Next up, the NWA television title, no disqualification match, and it had a special referee, DePope. Yo, I, this was good. And uh, Tyrus walks out, and still, as he defeated Sion. Uh, next up, we had the NWA World Tag Team title match. And guess what? Another and still, as Le Rebellion, Bista, Bistica666, and Mecha Wolf defeated the end, Otison and Pero. Next up, we had for the NWA National Heavyweight title, your champion, Chris Adonis, defeated Judeus. Mm-hmm. Heard that was good. We had the uh, grudge match, ladies and gentlemen. Former NWA World Champion Nick Aldis defeated Tom Latimer. Heard really good things about this one, Very too. good. And then we had a singles match with Colby Carino defeating Doug Williams. This was good. By the way, Colby Carino making huge waves. Yeah. I get to see him in Atlantic City live. Yeah, he's definitely you know making some noise now. So, and in the main event of the evening for the NWA World Heavyweight Title, the ten pounds of gold, your champion Trevor Murdoch defended the belt against Mike Knox. But the big story coming out of that is after the match, Trevor Murdoch got jumped from behind by one always ready Matt Cardona. And Cardona held. We ended the pay per view with Cardona standing, holding up the ten pounds of gold. There's few people hotter in the free agency land than Matt Cardona right now. And to see him making the indie rounds is a big win for NWA hard times. And like I say, I caught bits and pieces of this because it was a busy weekend. But everything that I've been hearing about this promotion, they've been doing really good things. And adding Cardona to the mix is huge. Oh, my God. It, it, was, it, was, a, it was a big night. Mm-hmm. Big night. Now, let's check out a card that we did watch. Also on Fight.TV on Saturday. Triple A, Triple Mania, Regia 2021. Big event from Monterey, Mexico at the huge baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go through it. Uh, we did not see this match because it was a dark match, and I was pissed off about it. But Leyenda Americana and Gran Mazo defeated Vianado and Engancio in a dark match. Uh-huh. So the Marvel match was the dark match. Can't Love believe we didn't matches. get to see that. Yeah, I'm pissed. But what we did get to see the opening contest of the evening was Lady Marvella, La Hydra, and Lady Flamer, better known as La Toxicas. Yes. Defeated the team of Lady Shani, Fabi Apache, the former AAA women's champion, and Sexy Star. And the story here is, of course, we all remember Sexy Star got canceled. Mm-hmm. Matt Stryker would not say her name right. the entire time. It was interesting. Yeah, it definitely was something to hear. Even better, Charles Ochoa was on commentating with him, and Charles Ochoa kept poking him and trying to get him to say it. Yeah, and he did not break. By the way, the commentary was god-awful. Yeah. The one time that I'm agreeing with fucking Dave Meltzer. Yeah. Uh, awful. But you know what was even more important? After that match, there was a little vignette. And it was somebody we know well. 
Taya Valkyrie saying, hi, Diana. Can't wait to see you. Oh, give it to As me. As it looks like she's returning to AAA and she's challenging Diana Perazzo. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a match I want to see. Hell yes. Uh, Conan came out looking like one of my <laughs> Italian, old Italian uncles. True story. Mm-hmm. And he announced that Kenny Omega will get a AAA mega title shot against the winner of the vacant title uh, once he is back from injury. He also said the Lucha Brothers would lose to FTR tonight, which brought out uh, Cybernetico. Yeah. We didn't know who the fuck he was. On a motorcycle, causing Conan to leave the ring, and Cybernetico said he would rid AAA of Conan. Interesting spot. The crowd was really into it. Yeah, the crowd was definitely into it. I mean, Cybernetico has a Terminator gimmick. And, uh, yeah, the crowd was definitely marking out for him, but we had no idea who he was. Next up, Sansone, El Quatero, and Forestero defeated Abismo Negro Jr., Ares and Psychosis, and Tito Santana, Mocho Cotto Jr., and Carta Brava Jr. in a number one contender for the trio sales match. Uh, this was, jokingly, we called this, uh, well, we called it the Juggalos versus the Federales versus the Cartel. Yeah. Uh, good match, though. Very good match for what it was. The next match, not so much. Although, I am impressed with I Impressa. Mm-hmm. So, La Impressa, Sam Adonis, Puma King, and DMT Azul defeated Dave the Clown, Murder Clown, and Chessman. First of all, Chessman didn't do shit. Yeah. He literally laid around the ring and did nothing. Yeah, he was... And the two clowns ended up demasked. Something. And it, it went on for a long period of time, although the f- most famous thing that happened is post-match, they were trying to wheel out Chessman on a uh, stretcher, stretcher, and Sam Adonis tried to perform a moonsault from the top to the floor, and he completely missed no water in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> it was a sight to see. Ooh, at least he didn't get hurt. This is true. Uh, next up was a really good match, uh, and I, other than Willie Mack dancing. Yes. As uh, Laredo Kid's mystery partner was Willie Mack in a tag team match against Dragon Lee and Dralistico. Uh Dragon Lee and Dralistico representing... Uh, Faccione de Inigre. Wow. Inagri- wow. I can- Why can I not say it? I can say Los Ingredables de Japon. Yeah. But when I have to say Ingredables after La Faccion de Ingredables, I can't say it until I. It, it just frees up on it. So, anyways. Anyways. Uh, by the way, Dralistico is Mystico slash Sincara. Sincara. The original Sincara. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a good match, though. Yeah, it was definitely entertaining. I will say that. Next match up on the card, FTR defeated the Lucha Bros in a ladder match to retain the AAA Tag Team Championships. Yeah, it was cool seeing Phoenix wrestle this week. Yeah, yeah, you know, after he was too injured to be on Dynamite. Yep. Uh, But, you know, what are you going to say? You put these two teams together, it's always magic. Cain Velasquez, Psycho Clown, and Pagano defeated Reyes Scorpion, Taurus, and La Parca in a six-man tag match. Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez was pretty decent in this match, and he was once again wearing a luchador mask. Yeah, he's definitely embracing the, the pro wrestling side, which is good at this stage for him. And, of course, the crowd is super into Psycho Clown. Yes. And last but certainly not least, in the main event of the evening, Hijo Del Vikingo defeated Bobby Fish, Jay Lethal, Samurai Del Sol, and Bandito to become the new AAA Mega Champion. Wasn't really surprised at the ending, but it was a solid match, though, top to bottom. Makes you wonder if uh, that was the plan all along. I think it like was. if he was going to beat uh, Omega as well. That's where I was kind of leaning at. Overall, in the AAA, how did you feel about the AAA event? Uh, it was okay. I, I wasn't blown away by it. I thought they did some solid matches, and some was kind of like very hit and miss. Um, but I thought overall like they had some really good stuff, so I, I was mad we missed the dark match, though. 
really pissed off about yeah, that. Yeah, I was I was also very pissed off about that. But uh, with that being said, uh, do you want to uh, take a brief moment since uh, they were not on uh, on Twitch this week to just kind of cover, you know, that Excite Wrestling did happen? Yeah, we can definitely mention it very quickly. So not really sure what happened. We've heard mixed stories. Yes, so I don't want to say exactly other than the facts that Excite did not stream on Twitch this week. So we did not make it down to see uh, Excite Fight Club at the X, but heard good things coming from it. Uh, They sent Rob Cook out on his retirement match uh, to well praises. Everybody's screaming on social media, and obviously we send our well wishes to Rob on his future endeavors in retirement. And the only news that we really kind of heard coming out of Excite is... They are going to be running a super show on Saturday, January 1st, 2022. And this is promising to be a very, very big show. And it was announced that this is going to be the year of the Peacock because (laughs) Dalton Castle is going to be at the X. Now, I'm not sure who he's wrestling. He's just announced to be on the card. He's on the promotional poster for it right now. Uh, The only match that has been mentioned is the Excite International Championship will be defended in a ladder match. So TJ Epics will be taking on Sean Carr again in a rematch of Saturday night. And then we're kind of waiting to see how the rest of the card shakes up. So we got to just wait to go from there, but obviously ExciteWrestling.com for more information or track them down on uh, Twitch and Twitter and all their handles because that's where they kind of hang out. So Facebook's also a good place too. Absolutely. Well, Ken, with that being said, you know what time it is. It's time to check in with let's go new Japan pro wrestling. And of course uh, we are going to take a look at the standings for the world tag league and best of super juniors. Let's start with the world tag league. Of course that will be culminating on December 15th with the finals. Uh, They will pick that back up the action, (coughs) excuse me on uh, December 7th. So uh, tomorrow. Yes. Uh, Let's go through. Ready? Yes. In last place, sole providers of last place with zero points. Oh, and eight in this tournament, Minoru Suzuki and Takamichi Noku still messes me up. They're still in last place. Uh, we have a two-way tie for the next one with two points for each of these teams, one and seven records. Uh, Hamina and Makabe and Yuji Nagata and Tiger Mask. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, in the next position, only one team with four points, two and six record, Kojima and Tenzan. Hmm. Next up, in sole possession of this with eight points, four and four, the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toriyano. Okay. Next up, tied, both with ten points, five and three records, both of these teams representing the Bullet Club, Evil and Yujiro Takahashi and Tamatanga Tangaloa, the Gorillas of Destiny. Ain't nobody realer than the Gorilla. Next up, tied all these. The next four teams are tied with twelve points, all with six and two records. The uh, Bad Luck, or sorry, the Bullet Club team of Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens, the uh, Chaos team of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, the uh, United Empire team of Great Okan and Aaron Henry. And the Suzuki Goon team of Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi, and also with 12 points, but because of point breakage in the round robin, still in first place with a 6-2 and two record with 12 points. Tetsuya Naito and Sonata representing Los Ingrenables de Japón. Mm. See, how easy is it for me to say when I'm saying it like that? Because that's the natural way. I know. So how are you feeling about the tag league? Sounded so, pretty solid so far. I still can't get over Suzuki's in last place with zero points. But, it's, it's crazy to me. Yeah, that's like that's the takeaway for me. I mean, obviously, it's stacked near the top, and how it's going to shake out when action resumes on the 7th is going to be a real fun show. So we'll kind of have to wait and see how it goes to, on the way to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, you remember, what's on the line? Wrestle Kingdom, shots at the titles. Yes. 
Uh, so guess what? Also finishing up with the finals that will take place on, sorry, on uh, December 15th as well is the best of the Super Juniors, and they will re-zoom uh, action, just so you guys know, on Wednesday, December 8th. Uh, here are the standings for the best of the Super Juniors. Ready? Yeah, let's do it. In last place, sole position of last place, with four points, two and seven records, Doki. Uh, it's with six points with a three and six record, Master Wado. With representing LIJ with uh, eight points, four and five record, Bushi. Representing uh, himself, <laughs> by the <laughs> way, because he really is representing himself to Taguchi Japan, that is. With eight points, four and five record also, okay. Rasusuke Taguchi. Also with eight points with a four and five record, representing Suzuki-Goon, Kanamura. Hmm. Representing Bullet Club with ten points with a five and four record, the Bone, Bone Soldier, Soldier, Taiji Ishimori. Uh, formerly of Ropungi 3K and uh, got jumped by the Bullet Club uh, with 10 points with a 5-4 and four record, Yo. Also with a 10 points and 5-4, and four, representing Bullet Club, Al Phantasmo. And representing Chaos with a 5-4 and four record with 10 points, Robbie Eagles. Hmm. Next up, we have the representing LAJ with 11 points, a 5-3-1 and one record, the ticking time bomb, Hamaru Takahashi. And then also with 11 points, 5-3-1 and three and one record, your reigning Super Junior Champion, El Desperado, yes. representing Suzuki Goon. And in first place, still, with a 6-3 and three record, 12 points, repping the Bullet Club show. Show is making a run. I think he's going to sneak this one out. I'm not going to be surprised if the finals aren't showing yo. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with it. The, the, the Rapungi 3K explodes. <laughs> uh, it, it's pretty awesome. They're a great tag team, and now... Great rivals. Yeah. So I'm all right with it. I think you're all right with it. I'll be keeping our eyes on the action. We're not too far away from finding out who will be getting a shot at the junior title and the tag titles at Wrestle Kingdom. Of course, going down January 4th and January 5th from the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. Yes. Uh, all roads lead to that great show. Cannot wait to see that. And we'll be talking about that because the road to uh, Wrestle Kingdom is always one of my favorites. Yes. I mean, it's... Weird to think it's going to be here in less than 30 days. You know, I, you know what? We're giving out big love and big shout outs. And of course, in the main event, the wrestling company that's firing on all cylinders, another huge week, including in Ken M's opinion and possibly mine and some other people's, the mm. greatest professional wrestling show to go down in 2021, GCW. We're going to talk about that and all the news surrounding them because another huge week for them when we come back in the main event. Before then, though. We are, if you're watching on Twitch, you're going to see the information for the Three Fat Nerds podcast. If you're listening at home and on stream, you're going to hear our good friend shot at the robots once again. Only this time it's going to be the theme song for the Three Fat Nerds podcast. It's always called Fail Better. Love Check Fail them Better. out. Check them out on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. We'll be right back to talk some game changer wrestling.
of this week's 607 TWS and once again in the main event spot Game Changer Wrestling and I admit I'm a mark for Game Changer Wrestling but I'm going to be honest with you two weeks in a row I don't think anybody's got bigger news at the beginning of the show we announced the collective definitely making the return definitely coming back can't wait for that uh, even if I'm not there live we'll be getting that package as we do every year absolutely with that being said, though, they had another great, big, gigantic weekend as a back-to-back shows from Texas. We're going to talk about those, and uh, we're going to also talk about some huge happenings going on for their next show. And also, like I said, we always been or saying, the, the looms, all roads, lead to the Hammerstein Ballroom on January the 23rd for the sold-out show there. Are you ready to talk some GCW, Kenan? Let's fucking go. All right, first up, we had Friday night's show, which was GCW So High mm. from the Houston uh, Premier Arena in Houston, Texas. Uh, of course, that's where Loco, uh, the promotion Loco, wrestles. Really cool venue, really hardcore fans. Uh, let's run through the card in the yeah. opening contest for the Loco, Loco title. Dante Leon, your champion, retained the belt, defeating Jack Cartwheel, 13 minutes and 6 seconds. Fantastic match to open up the show. Dante Leon, what can you say about him? And Jack Cartwheel, it's great seeing him back in GCW. I haven't seen him there in a little bit. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I was very happy. Uh, we saw him both nights. Both nights, very good matches. This, tonight, uh, that first match, very good. Loved it. Enjoyed it. Next up, we had Ali Catch defeating Gino Medina in 10 minutes and 52 seconds. Badass match. You know, it started off as a little toy around with Gino Medina being uh, a little cocky. Mm-hmm. But then uh, he knew he was in for a fight, and Ali Catch does what she does best, man. Next up, man, the guy, the man, the myth, the legend, bet on it. Ninja, Ninja fucking Mac, Mac defeated Jimmy Stinky Boy Lloyd. <laughs> Seven minutes and 34 seconds. Boy. Does Ninja Mac just pull shit out of his ass, or does he pull shit out of his ass? And I mean that in the best way possible, because he's amazing. We're not saying this because he's just following us on Twitter, and thank you, too. He is one of the most innovative people in pro wrestling right now. Because some of the spots he does, you're like, what the hell is he doing? And then let alone he goes for a crazy powerbomb from the top rope through a table to the floor, but yet the table breaks through before he even hits the ground. And still drives it through. It is insane what he is capable of. He is the wrestler you should be keeping your eyes on and get on board, bet on it. Next matchup was a tag team match. The former tag team champions, the second gear crew, (laughs) this time made up of Matthew Justice and, of course, Black Death. The motherfucking truth. AJ Gray defeated the Loco slash Midwestern team of Brian Keith and Mysterious Q. Very good match. 12 minutes and 55 seconds. This was a wild brawl, as you expect with SGC. Like, you cannot go into this match and not think they're going to break something. And obviously, they did some damage to that ramp coming in. This was a wild brawl. This was everything you were hoping for. They did a fantastic job. When we came back from intermission, because that was the last match before intermission, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. This match, the six-man tag match, was the best match of the night this night. Yes. And there was a lot of good matches. Top to bottom, this was a good card. Mm-hmm. Considering it was a quote-unquote B show for some people said but it's still a great card asf chris carter and drago kid defeated the team of the the debuting demonic flamita gringo loco and low rider 14 minutes 43 seconds 
Holy shit, this match was good. And if you didn't know Drago Kid before, you woo. know now. That kid stole the weekend. He woo. legit did. Wow. Very impressed. Very impressed what he could do in the ring. You don't blink when you see him in, in between the, the ropes. He was freaking tearing that match right up. Just, just, dev- oh my God, devastating. Devastating. Yes. Very good. Next up. Atticus Coger, the most hated man in independent wrestling, defeated Nick Wayne in 10 minutes and 52 seconds. Of course, after the match, he continued beating on Nick Wayne, which brought out Jordan Oliver for the save and to set up their match the next night. In Dallas, how did you enjoy this one? This is one of the most well-paced feuds in all of wrestling. Atticus Kogar, what can you say about him? Arguably the top heel in the business right now. It's debatable. And he is doing fantastic work in the storyline with Jordan Oliver. And Nick Wayne is kind of in the mix. But all roads lead to Jordan Oliver finally getting the W over Atticus. And we'll have to see how it all shapes up. But this was a fantastic match to lead into it to carry that storyline. Next bout was between uh, your Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Champion and also the PWG World Heavyweight Champion. Bandino defeated the great Tony Deppin in 12 minutes and 17 seconds. Instant classic right here. This Dude, was, how good is Tony Deppin? <laughs> Tony Deppin might, if he's not on your radar, he needs to be on your radar. One of, every time you see him in the in the ring, he is tearing it up, and this was no exception. He stepped up for Bandito and definitely was the match, arguably the match of the night on this card. Yeah, I, I still think the six-man was slightly better, but this was a great match. Yeah, this is up there. It's, it's debatable. Drago Kid stole that weekend, though. The main event of the evening was a fucking death match. Mm-hmm. Between Daddy, where Daddy Effie defeats Sadika in 12 minutes and 30 seconds. And this shit got real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this got absolutely brutal. Uh, Effie took a very bad cut. Uh, it looked worse than it was, thank God. But yeah. but oh, this was hard-hitting, as you could expect. And what a way to close out the night. Phenomenal. Enjoyed it. Great show. And if that was it for the weekend, we would have been all right. It would have been good. But guess what? It was a double shot weekend, so the next night, Saturday night, from the Irving Arena in Dallas, Texas, they returned. And here's that card, and uh, this is one that Ken Em's been waiting to talk about. Absolutely. This is one moment where they saw so high, and they said, hold my beer, get some shots, call an Uber, we're taking this party home. In the opening contest, Joey Janela defeated ASF in 15 minutes. They came out hot for this match. And Joey Janela and ASF were doing some of the wildest pile driver slash neck moves on the apron, on the floor that you'll ever see, especially when ASF did the leap from the ropes. Joey Janela caught him and did a jumping pile driver with him on the floor. I just want to say, if you want to see some of the the, the, the gifts, uh, shout outs to Hey, uh, it's at Hey, I'm Rob. Uh, you can check him out. Uh, I retweeted a bunch of his stuff. There's a lot of great gifts from the highlights of this night. Yes. Starting with this match, I was tweeting out a ton of highlights. Uh, so check out at Three Fat Nerds Pod on Twitter, and there's a ton of highlights there. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, better yet, you should just order it. I know everybody. I think everybody who ordered it enjoyed. Uh, Lou, I, I know you're still in the chat. I don't know who else is in the chat, but uh, I, I do believe you watched the show. You can probably attest to this as well. So, uh, next, and that was just the opening match. That was just the opening match. Next up was what I deemed the battle of the assholes. Mm-hmm. Tony Deppin defeated Demonic Flamata in 8 minutes and 23 seconds. It felt longer than that in a good way, but it was a great match. Once again, fast-paced and hot. 
fast-paced and hot, and Tony Deppen was definitely making a statement here that he was ready for this moment, and, and Flamita definitely stepped his game up too. They were doing some vicious stuff to each other, absolutely vicious. What a fantastic match, because usually you figure, okay, second match, they might start slowing down a little bit. No, they sped it up. Well, the next match, <laughs> Atticus Coger and Jordan Oliver went to a no contest in four minutes and 30 seconds in this grudge match storyline that continues. This match opened so hot that when Jordan Oliver hit the ring, he just charged Coger, which sent MLJ out of the ring going, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, the first move we really got to see after punches was uh, Jordan Oliver suplexing Atticus over the rope. They both landed on the outside, and then Oliver just throwing him into the crowd in chairs. Yeah. Like, throwing Reckless him. abandon. Uh, this match would continue on. Uh, by the way, Lou says, Deppin is the modern-day Malenko. Dude is a workhorse who doesn't get the attention he deserves. Facts. I completely agree with that. But Atticus and uh, would then pull out, at some point, pulls out the skewers. The referee tries to stop him. Well, guess what? The referee gets skewered. Yes. The next referee comes down to try to stop uh, Jordan Allen from, from doing something. That referee gets taken out. And then Atticus does Atticus things as he throws a fireball in Jordan Oliver's face, mm-hmm. which at this point, they'd start dumping water on his face, putting a towel over his head, and we think that's the end of the match because then Atticus gets on the microphone and he has this great promo, as he normally does, saying about, yeah, you're right, I don't like any of you young guys, and I hate the fact that I'm compared to you. That's what this whole feud is. Yeah. And I'm going to end all of you. And as a matter of fact, we're going to end this shit, me and you, Jordan, because on December 17th, Blood on the Hills from Los Angeles... It's going gonna, it's gonna to be me and you, meaning Coger and Jordan Oliver. No ropes, barb, wire. Damn. 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 From a not, from, from, from Jordan Oliver, who is not a deathmatch wrestler. No, he's not. This is completely out of his element. And Atticus does both. Yes. But. We didn't stop there. It didn't stop there because then Atticus exits the rings, attacks Jordan Oliver, grabs him. Shoves owner of GCW Brett Lauderdale grabs the uh, the remote control for the sp- the sparkler uh, pyro they mm-hmm. were using. Takes young Jordan Oliver up, puts him over the the pyro cannon, and hits the button to spray sparklers in his face. This is one of the most brutal things I I've, I've seen in pro wrestling. Like imagine the Goldberg sparkler shower only now in a man's face. Yeah, directly. Like about as close as the microphone is to my forehead here. And I just want to point out Atticus Coger looked like he was loving every minute of it. He's a savage. By the way, that is also uh, at Three Fighters Pod. I did share that. Oh, I so shared go that ahead, too. Go ahead and you can find it at OD Parlay. So if you want to go search through them, trust me. It's worth yeah. it. Well, the match uh, continued on because next up we had the return. Welcome home, Blake Christian, as he defeated Jack Cartwheel in 19 minutes and 25 seconds. This was a little more drawn out than the other matches, but I think Blake Christian's still going to get used to coming back to the indies. On the bright side, and I I want you to build off of this, uh, we both noticed Blake Christian, who was in NXT as Trey Baxter, Mm -hmm. boy, he came back and he really showed some aggression. He had a whole new persona to him that being off NXT, he really took this time to hone in on what he loves doing and being the best in the world. And he came into this match, and this was a slower-paced match, which was surprising considering who was involved. Some good good hot spots. But still good, still high spots. They let the crowd breathe, which was healthy. 
because at this moment you had such breakneck pace, you needed something to calm down. They told a great story, and the aggression that Christian was doing in this match was something that I wish we saw in NXT. But this is a whole different side to him. I love seeing this moment, and what a fantastic match. How about the finish? 450 double stomp. Yeah. By Blake Christian. Freaking wild. After the match, Blake Christian took the mic and he put the wrestling world on notice. He said that he, he you know what, he was happy to be back. He's, he's happy to be home. Uh, he's where he needs to be. And he didn't need to be a bit player because he's going to show the world why he's the best in the fucking world. Mm-hmm. And that uh, he's, he's debating. He legitimately said that everybody in the wrestling world, the door is fucking open. Walk through and get beat. Yes. Love this. So Blake Christian's putting the world on notice, and we know on December 17th, we'll talk about it in a minute, he's got a huge challenge as he will be going up against Bandito yes. in Los Angeles. We'll talk about that in a minute because there's a lot of great things they got added to that card. We took a little bit of uh, an inter- oh No, we had no, one we more match before match. intermission. The second gear crew was back, <laughs> and they were originally supposed to face the team of Charlie Evans and Everett Connors, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they could not be there. So AJ Gray and Matthew Justice had a surprise team, and that surprise team is... Your three-time-in-a-row tournament of survival winning, the god of the death match, Alex Colon, and his tag team partner, Sadika. <sighs> and this match was fucking brutal. Yeah. <laughs> the fans wanted violence. They got violence. Yes, they chose violence, and they were happy to deliver. This was freaking insane, as you expect, with Second Gear crew being involved. But Alex Colon, seeing him... That was awesome. And Sadiqa doing double duty this weekend. She was absolutely crushing it, too. Lou said uh, that sparkler spot was freaking awesome for Mario. And he goes, if you get to go home to Cora Jade every night, you wouldn't have any aggression either? No, the problem is he had aggression. That was the point. Yeah. He was super aggressive. Like, so I don't know. Maybe she's withholding. Is that's? Uh, but if you, know, if you saw Blake Christian from before. Yeah. Not talking about the Trey Baxter time. It's a completely different beast. But if you saw him before with one of the greatest matches that he's ever did was against uh, the Blackheart, Leo Rush. Mm-hmm. And it was the Blackheart gimmick. If you saw him from before, he was the very upstanding, clean-cut, high-flyer, very exciting to watch. You knew that he was something big or it was on his way there. Yes. Now, in that match against Cartwheel, he showed an aggressive side we've never seen. Yeah. He was uh, the aggressor. He, you know, His first match back in the Indies, he, he, was, he was having his will with him. There was times where they were in the corner and he didn't break. And instead of breaking, he really took it to him. Not in the heel level. No, no, but no, just no. very aggressive. No, and th- then sorry. No, no. This was if, if you want to do a comparison. This was like when Daniel Bryan was doing the yes movement and how aggressive he was taking over. This was kind of the same vibe. And even the video vignette package they shot after this match, and you got this whole gimmick. If you weren't sold on Blake Christian now, they put the cherry on that Sunday. Lou says when he was in NXT, he got to go home to her every night. No aggression, <laughs> LOL. So there you go. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. a little fix. But yeah, I, I just like where he's going. Oh, yeah. I love the fact he put everybody on notice. Mm-hmm. I love I love the fact that he's back. And it, 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 I expect big things from Blake Christian. I expected him before. And with the way the independent wrestling works now, trust me, he's going to go some big places. Yeah. Uh, we had our intermission. When we came back, we had the world famous GCW six-way scramble match. And they did not disappoint because we had, uh, of course, Fuego Del Sol did mm-hmm. win as he defeated deranged 
Drago Kid, Gringo Loco, Nick Wayne, and Sam Stackhouse, 15 minutes, 30 seconds. There was a lot of highlights in this match. Yes. Drago Kid, once again, doing Drago Kid things. We saw him for the first time the night before. Saw him for the second time. I I, I guarantee, because Brett Lauder putting him over, we're going to see a lot more of Drago Kid. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, but my takeaways, Fuego Del Sol, not in AEW. I have never seen him outside of AEW. I'm going to be honest. This was the first time. Holy shit, is it night and day. He climbed the pole at one point in juncture and did a back like did a moonsault from a pole at the same time the Gringo Loco did a spot. But the biggest spot of the night, Big Sam Stackhouse, who's gotta be over 450 pounds. Easy. 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 Does a suicide dive on everybody. Also during the match, he took a Canadian destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it out there. Big Sam Stackhouse has my fucking as as a big man. Hats off, big man. Hats off. Great match. Fuego does so impress me. Gringo Loco. Actually, everybody in this match, super deranged. Deranged. Dude, deranged with this poison rana from the top to the floor? Yeah. What the fuck was going on in this match? They made a point to make some noise in this match, and they delivered on the energy from the beginning and half of the show. Like I said, Fuego del Sol. One thing you could say about GCW is they bring out the best in AEW wrestlers. They've had Marco Stunt have his greatest matches I've ever seen him involved in. And now Fuego is like, where has this guy been? Because you don't see this on YouTube. You don't see this on Friday nights. You don't see it on Wednesday. He made a point to say, hey, this is what the hype is about me. And he gets the win. And he got the win, too. I don't even care about the one misstep he had. It was overshadowed by the amount of work he did in the pole spot. Well, was, he just slid down the yeah. pole at one time. I mean, it's not easy to walk no, up no, the pole. But, the top rope one. Oh, the top rope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. That's how That's how good it was. Yeah, exactly. I that's my point. Care. Yeah, yeah. It didn't even matter. That's how good this match was. And, man, Big Sam. Next up, the GCW tag titles were on the line. Your champions, them boys, the Briscoes, defeated the team of Dante Leone and Ninja fucking Mac. By the way, 14 minutes, 21 seconds. Great match. By the way, Doomsday Device with a steel chair. Yeah. The Briscoes on a whole nother level. And I put it out there to the world. FTR and the Briscoes have been going back and forth on Twitter. Trust me, FTR don't want no part of them boys. If them boys show up on Wednesday night, it's a wrap. I don't think that's good. Honestly, I, I think that you might see uh, FTR show up at... No, I think that you're going to see FTR show up at uh, Final Battle this weekend. Oh, that could happen. But I think that the match will happen in Hammerstein. Yeah. I think it's going to be them boys versus FTR at Hammerstein. I, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm fucking ready for it. This has been played off so well. This match, top to bottom, was a show stealer. Ninja Mac and Dante Leone, what can you say about them? I hope to see them tag a little more, but they've had some great matches against each other. And they stepped their game up to meet the Briscoes. And the Briscoes are on a whole different level right now. You know, we talk to a lot of people, and a lot of people always, there is still people out there, and I, I respect opinions, that still say, you know, women's wrestling still isn't the same as men's wrestling. And what's what I tell them is that they need to turn the channel, they need to not watch Wednesdays or Mondays or Fridays even, even though I think there's some good stuff going on there. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But if you want to see top A women's wrestling, get this event and watch this match between Thunder Rosa in Alley Catch. Thunder Rosa defeated Alley Catch in 19 minutes, 39 seconds by choking her out like she said she would. Yes. Phenomenal. 
If you thought that you saw the best of Thunder Rosa in AEW or NWA, oh, you were wrong. Holy shit, she was on a whole nother level with uh, with uh, Allie Catch. Anybody questioning her heart and her desire to be the match of the night every show, because I, I remember seeing those tweets, and I was like, whoever said that, you are completely wrong. Thunder Rosa is fucking kicking ass. This match was a show stealer, barn burner, however you want to define it. Those two women got in there and tore the fucking house down. It was a great match, and I want to see him run it back. Just saying. I, I would love to see it again. Uh, Lou says, you really think TK would allow a match of that caliber, FTR versus the Briscoe, that happened in any other ring than AEW? Guess what? He doesn't have a choice. Yeah. Because he lets guys wrestle wherever, and it's in their contracts. And the Briscoes said they're not signing there. And the one thing, too, is TK. They, I don't know if you saw the love letter yeah, to the yeah. indies they put out. They, claim, they said they have no intentions of signing with any national promotion. But the one thing you got to say about AEW is you let Nick Gage have a death match there. So there is a possibility they might do it. Or they I just mean, they could do it there. But but they but no, but I think they'll just come out and do Briscoe things. And it's like, who's going to stop them? And right now, FTR is way happier doing shit outside of that company. Oh, yeah. You can tell. No, look at their AAA match. Mm-hmm. That their AAA match, with the exception of that Young Bucks, uh, the Young Bucks match, has been the best work I've seen FTR do since they've left. WWE. Oh, facts. Or yeah. NXT, Absol- even, because Absol- I think the best work they ever did was against DIY. Absol- absolutely facts. And I'm telling you, AAA, they're, they're doing... It's just what it is. I mean, could it happen on AEW screen? Sure. But I really... I, I would bank on Hammerstein. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's enough AEW talent on that show already. We know Eddie Kingston's booked. Yeah. John Moxley will be there. Mm-hmm. Put money on it. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, like I said, TK has no choice in the matter. Yeah. TK has zero choice. That's what happens when you allow your guys to work elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And you know who benefits from it? GCW. You know how much they benefit from it? John Moxley wears that hoodie on television. Yep. It's right in the beginning segment. So I, I don't think I don't I don't think he has a choice. But once again, could it happen in an AEW ring? Absolutely. Oh, sure, but he's got to pay them. Gonna... He's got to pay them boys. Because I'm sure they ain't doing it for cheap. No. Especially when they know he got money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in GCW, it's a different ball game. So I really do think that match will happen in Hammerstein. Yeah. And I think that either the FTR will show up on uh, the the final battle, or they'll show up either in Los Angeles or Atlantic City or both. Mm-hmm. Because why not? Oh, yeah. FTR is happy to go everywhere, baby. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll give them credit for. They just want to fight the best tag teams they can. Yes. I, I'm, I'm still waiting for them in G.O.D. Oh, soon. Has to be soon. Next Tony week. Khan can't make that happen in the AEW ring for whatever reason. But yeah, FTR needs to get to Japan, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or at least a strong. Or at least a strong. Yeah. Because G.O.D. comes over to, to, to strong. So I don't know. Uh, with that being said, though, Lou, yeah. I mean, it could happen in the AEW ring, but Tony Khan got no say. Yeah. But absolutely, though, Thunder Rosa, Alley Catch, fantastic match. By the way, let's go back to the first opening segment before we go to the main event. That is that is uh, I used to say that was a mistake for them, and it is to make not make your wrestlers exclusive. It still is a mistake, but right now that is the benefit of not of letting people wrestle in the indies and such. Is that those guys, even if you're not using them to their full potential, mm-hmm. can still feel like they're accomplished and go out and do what they want to do elsewhere, mm-hmm. and then still provide you. That's the only reason a team like FTR is still around. Yeah, that's the only reason why you keep some guys. That's the only reason Joey Janela re-upped. It's because like, hey, I get a solid paycheck here, and I get to do whatever. But whatever I want to do for passion, I can do elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's a smart. It's a, and once again, honestly, I, I only judged it because of the exclusiveness. But at the same time, it's not a bad idea. No, definitely not a bad not idea. Not a bad idea. 
and it's winning over people coming to AEW. I mean, if that gets you a Kyle O'Reilly and Johnny Gargano, one or both, mm-hmm. can't fault them. No, absolutely not. Can't fault them. So, TK doing the Lord's work there. So, what I was always said it was a, it's a mistake from a company standpoint. Yeah, but it's a positive from a wrestler standpoint. Well, the main event of the evening was a fucking death match. And uh, I wanted to say that the second time because it was also our good friend MLJ, <laughs> ring announcer extraordinaire's birthday. Yeah, his birthday. Happy birthday to him. It was his birthday on Saturday, so it was awesome. And uh, it was the return of the Duke, John Wayne Murdoch. I'm not the bridesmaid. I'm the bride. And he defeated... Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd. 10 minutes, 26 seconds. This was a brutal death match. Very good. Afterwards, John Wayne Murdoch put over Jimmy Lloyd, called Alex Colon a pussy because he wouldn't step up to him. And that brought out Sadika. Yes. Sadika came out, confronted John Wayne Gacy, and then in a receipt from the end of the Nick Gage Invitational, Alex Colon proceeded to jump John Wayne Murdoch <laughs> from behind, slap the camel clutch on, choke him out, and then beat him with every light tube he get his hand on. Yep. Before grabbing the mic and saying, you know what? I ain't a pussy. I just wanted to give you a receipt. And you know what? I wrestle on my terms. Unlike you, who does dumb shit for free in front of nobody, I wrestle on my terms. And that's why I'm the best. But you know what, Bridesmaid? Your time has come. Because January 1st, Atlantic City, it's time to end this shit. So it's official. Add it, or it's official. Alex Cologne versus John Wayne Murdoch. Die for this. Atlantic City, January 1st. That shit going to be wild. I will be there. I am so fucking pumped. I, we knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I am so fucking pumped for that. So pumped. Overall, Ken M. Best card of the year. Throw it out there. Let them know why. This is the best card of the year because top to bottom, name me one bad match that we just talked about. There was zero bad matches. Name me one. There was zero. No. Every match, and this is something for any single wrestling fan out there because, yeah, you had one death match there. You had one little hardcore match. You had a very technically sound, absolute speed match with Deppin and Flamita. You opened hot with Janela and ASF, which really got the crowd going. Jordan Oliver versus Atticus Kogar is the best storyline in wrestling that needs more attention on it, and they told it very brutally, and they have set up for a blow-off match like you have never seen before to end their feud. And even Thunder Rosa versus Ali Catch, I can't stress this enough of how fucking badass that match was. Both those women tore it up in this match. And then Thunder Rosa, like I say, we see her on AEW and she's doing great things there. But her in GCW is a whole other gear that you're not ready for. Ali Cash is one of the best wrestlers on the on the women's circuit right now. You need to be following if you're not following. They got in there. They wanted to steal the show from everybody. That was the whole mentality of this card. That every match got better as the night went on. Even the scramble match, which you think is a throwaway match, wasn't even close. Well, in GCW, the scramble match is phenomenal. Right. In GCW, but for anybody that's tuning in, and what I'm going to really stress is go get the replay on Fight.TV. Get this match. Get this card. You won't be disappointed. If you're a GCW fan, Go find somebody that hasn't watched GCW before and say, watch this card. Bring them to your house, set them down, turn it on, because if you ordered it already. By the way, here's the thing. Both events were great. A bundle was only $20.99. Yeah. So you could get both of those events still on replay for $20.99. 
trust me, one the the either one of those events was worth twenty one bucks, mm-hmm. and oh, you got facts. both for twenty one dollars. I understand if you if you don't have it, that's fine. Seek out the highlights. Look at anything you can. You can find the highlights. It's it's an amazing product right now. It is firing on all cylinders. I understand a lot of people when they say GCW, you think deathmatch. Yeah, they do deathmatches. Not usually only one per card. Sometimes on bigger events too, and then and then of course there is the deathmatch two deathmatch tournaments a year. Right. But you don't have to if you don't like deathmatches, you don't have to watch them. Turn them out. But I will say this: give it a shot, give it a try, because in GCW the deathmatch isn't isn't a just a brawl for all with 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 weapons and glass and everything. They actually wrestle. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Wayne Murdoch versus Jimmy Lloyd was a good match. It just happened to involve light tubes and panes of glass. And gusset plates <laughs> and, and blood. And plus, the big thing, too, is we sit here on our social medias, and everybody complains about WWE, and everybody complains about AEW for being the same shit each and every week. Turn on a GCW card and say how it is the same old shit each and every week. They do different things. They bring something new to the table you haven't seen before. You're going to walk away from watching an event going, I have never seen this before. Whatever it is, this is why you become fans of pro wrestling. This is what hooks the fan base. This is why it's blown up to the point it has. That whole ECW vacuum that hasn't been filled in how many years now is finally filled and now surging because you have a true alternative product from the same crap you see Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights. Get on board. Get the damn show Hit me up at OD Parlay Hour if you if you say you didn't like it. I want to know why. Well, I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, your next opportunity is a great opportunity to see GCW. Also, December 17th, uh, it is a late show mm-hmm. because it is coming from Los Angeles, California. It is called Blood on the Hills. Uh, we will be doing a full breakdown next week, but I'm just going to run through the card real quick to tell you why this is great. But next week we will be doing our previews and everything for it mm-hmm. in full. But uh, this is a great time. Now, mind you, this will not be on until 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right. Because it's at 8 p.m. Pacific Time. And it is a Friday. So if you don't want to watch it live, you don't have to. Watch it the next day. Trust me, it's, it's worth the money. I don't know if Lou wants to attest to that. I can tell you right now, our good friend Evan the Great, I know he's not in the chat right now, mm-hmm. but uh, he was over the hill about it. Yeah. He watched it on Sunday morning. He watched uh, uh, So Alive and instantly was messaging, oh, my God, it was so great. There's a lot of people that we've turned on to this. And once again, they don't pay us. No. But we're fans. And this is what I've been waiting for. And this is what's kind of turned me back into indie wrestling. But here, if you want to know what's going on on the 17th of December, you have Bandito versus Blake Christian. That right there is a main event anywhere in the world. Facts. You have Dark Sheik, legend of the West Coast, Mm -hmm. taking on Jacob Fatu, one of the best killers in the game. Oh, that's going to be a brutal match. You have the return of Jigsaw versus Tony Deppin. Ooh. You have the no ropes barbed wire match, Atticus Coger versus Jordan Oliver. That'll be the main event. You have the tag team extravaganza, Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona. So the Cardonas versus Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie. Let's go. We thought that was coming to Hammerstein. Yeah. That's that's how confident. I don't even know. They, they're pulling something out of their ass if they're not even putting that there. Mm-hmm. This is a match I can't wait to see. The best technical wrestler in the world today. I said it. I will back this fucking up. If you don't agree, 
you, you should get familiar. Jonathan Gresham. That's not. It's not a debate. He is. And guess what? He's going one on one with Black Death, the motherfucking truth. AJ Gray. <sighs> Take my money now. And last but not least, GCW tag title match: The Briscoes versus Brody King and PCO. <laughs> that is going to tear the place down. And by next week, I'm sure there'll be some more. And we're going to break this down in full next week. Lou says, I, I always stayed away from GCW because I thought it was all death matches, which I'm not into. So glad to say I was wrong. They are the modern day ECW. See, I've, I'm hearing that from a lot of people who take a chance. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been saying for a long time. You know, and I'm not a huge death match guy. I, I watch them. Yeah. But I'm not a huge death match guy. I'm not seeking them out. But yet, I, I'll watch them in GCW. Hell, Ken. His first event that he ever watched for GCW, the name of the event was Glass Ceiling, and they had a glass ceiling match, which it was glass fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert, the glass ceiling that they set up, which was there was a scaffold that led to it, and it was this big wood structure with a with panes of glass that filled the ring. Within the first five minutes, G Raver put Jimmy Lloyd through it. Yeah. So then the next ten minutes of the match, they wrestled in a ring full of glass. It was a regular wrestling match. And they had a regular wrestling match for that. And uh, the most vicious thing we saw of that match was G. Raver's salt, salt and vinegar potato chips. Oh, Jim. Yep. Yeah, when you get that rubbed in wounds, it can't feel good. Yeah. Forgot but that's the next that. time. And, of course, you know, I'll be in Atlantic City, so you guys are going to see that. We're getting the return of Drew Parker. Mm-hmm. And two big matches, Drew Parker versus Akira. That's a dream match. That's a dream match. And then Drew Parker versus Joey Janela. And if you don't know who Drew Parker is, 23-year-old from Australia. He's a phenom. Who could wrestle death matches and regular matches, and he's phenomenal at 23. Listen, you talk about young talent. Nick Wayne, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Billy Starks, who's on night one, just turned 17 yesterday. Happy birthday, Billy Starks. When he gets healthy, Starboy Charlie. 18 years old. Marcus Mathers is on these cards. I think he's 17 as well. Mm-hmm. Like, these kids are doing things, and they're not kids. Like, I mean, they're kids. But they've been wrestling for years and trained for years, and they're amazing. If you watch Nick Wayne, you'll never believe he's a 16-year-old boy. No. That that kid is phenomenal. Starboy Charlie at 18, he was doing that at 16. He's phenomenal. Billy Starks, great up-and-comer. Marcus Mathers, great up-and-comer. There's so many great talents in the young kids. And then you have the the regular guys who have been out there doing it. Atticus, Atticus Coger's under 25. Mm-hmm. Jordan Oliver under twenty five, and they're only getting better. And they're and they're and they're at the level where they you know they they could main event anywhere. We talk about like MJF being the future of the business, and he is obviously. But for him being only what twenty four, GCW has this whole group. You know, we say with NXT two that they have the new breed of talent. No, this is the real young future of the business. These individuals are going to be the ones you're going to be seeing. Huge careers down the road if you're into pro wrestling. Guarantee you the talent level right now is it's stupendous. All roads lead to the Hammerstein, the Briscoes. Well, I mean, this is like we talked about it before. And I, like I said, I'll be in Atlantic City, two huge events. And then the roads we have, we have the uh, Chicago and uh, on my birthday weekend, we have Chicago and Detroit, which the Detroit show is shaping Detroit's up. Alex shaping. Shelley just announced for it. Rhino, Rhino. Sabu, plus the normal stay, A stays. And then, like I said, you have all roads leading to New York City, the 22nd and 23rd of January, Saturday and Sunday. And then the 22nd, the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, GCW is starting an Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, and we have great inductees. I don't think we really touched upon it because we forget to, because goddamn, Mm. so much news from GCW. First and foremost, you have Jerry Lynn is going in the Hall of Fame. Right. He'll be inducted by Sean X-Pac Waltman. Mm -hmm. We have Homicide going in. Yeah. And he'll be inducted by Chris Dickinson, I do believe, was mm-hmm. who was announced for him. 
We have uh, who else do we have going in? There was one more indie wrestler, Ruckus. Ruckus, yes, Ruckus is going in, and he's I can't remember who's inducting him. Sorry, but Ruckus will be going into the Hall of Fame, and then we have Dave Prezak going in. I don't know if we'll have more. And Dave Prezak has not had an inductee announced. There is a strong rumor mm-hmm. on the internet that one of Dave. Prazak's best friends will be inducting him in the Hall of Fame. If you want to know who that is, just think cult of personality. Yep. There is a possibility that Pepsi Man will be in New York City to induct Dave Prazak in the Hall of Fame. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say if Pepsi Man shows up on the 22nd, Pepsi Man is showing up on the, on the 23rd. 23rd. Kenny Kingston will be at GCW. Why not have the rematch of Kingston Punk in the Hammerstein? Yeah. And you know, if you think that Punk isn't going to fucking show up and go back to the old Ring of Honor days in that building, oh, that will be the best match you've ever seen. You've seen him in since his return. Mm-hmm. I will promise you oh, that. Perfect. If he makes that appearance, and I know Lou's a big ROH fan, so he knows, and I'm sure you can attest, to CM Punk in Ring of Honor was a whole other beast. Mm-hmm. And that is a Ring of Honor stronghold. So it would, I, I'm just saying, I don't have any confirmation. We don't have any uh, whatever into it. We just know that Dave Prezak's inductor has been heavily rumored to be one of his best friends, which is CM Punk. Yes. And I'm telling you, there's a possibility 22nd, 23rd. Get ready. Dude, I, I'll be at the Hammerstein. Mm-hmm. If CM Punk comes out, listen, I know I've been very critical. But if I see him in Hammerstein, I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. Especially if he comes out to a- AFI. Oh, <laughs> uh, Misery Cantina. Yeah. Basketball short punk was amazing. Exactly. Yeah. And if he comes out with the basketball shorts, if I see CM Punk in the Hammerstein and basketball shorts and AFI comes on, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. Oh. I'm out. I don't give a shit. I will buy whatever shirt. I don't care. <laughs> you sold me. I've already sold the product. But, dude, there's so much news coming out for GCW. It won't always be the main event. I know somebody's going to be like, you guys are marks for it. But, listen, there was I, – I agree with Ken. This is probably the best wrestling show of the year that went down on Saturday that I don't believe enough people have seen that you need to watch it. Give it a chance. Even Lou, who is, who's in the thing, he gave it a watch, and he, he enjoyed it. I know Evan the Great gave it a watch. He enjoyed mm-hmm. it. So many people who we turned in, they were like, man, you sold this back. He goes, roll back punk Joe, LOL. Dude, if Joe was available, that would be fucking amazing. And by the way, if you're a wrestling fan on here and you're a younger fan and you've never seen oh. the CM Punk Samoa Joe trilogy of matches from Ring of Honor, type that into YouTube yes. and, and, and enjoy. They'll be the three greatest matches you possibly ever see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just telling you, man. I, I, I swear to God, if Brett does that, Listen, Brett, I know he does listen. Yes. Don't be scared if I kiss you on the mouth. I'm just saying. I, no tongue, just mouth kiss. I might kiss you on the mouth. Just throwing it out there. Because I'm just saying, I would fucking mark out like a little girl. It would be like when Cena showed up at WrestleMania 35. How would you not? I mean, this is the whole thing. The, the All roads are pointing to the hammer sign. You know GCW is on so much momentum right now. There's no chance in hell they're going to fuck this show up. None. You might see some indie classics that you never thought you'd see again. Like if Samoa Joe is released from his contract, because I, I don't know his status right now. Yeah, I don't know. You but might see him. Who you, knows? You might. Kingston is definitely booked. Yeah. He is announced. Briscoes are announced. Dude, Jordan, the whole roster's announced. 
Yeah. We've got a great show going to go down in Hammerstein the 23rd. And all roads are there. Like I said, the 17th. If you didn't give this a shot, I'd say go back and watch it this past weekend. It's definitely worth the money. If not, give the 17th a shot. You'll be impressed. Like I said, there is one death match that we know of. Yeah. And that's fine. It's a, it, But it's between two wrestlers. So it's going to be interesting because I've never seen Jordan Oliver in a death match. I've never either. So this is going to be all new Uncharted water here. But uh, before we kick over to our closing, uh, I do want to make an announcement. So as you know, in honor of, of uh, a good friend of mine who passed away, uh, of course, we're talking about the big rig Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. We uh, last year started the uh, tradition of the Brodies. It's our year-end award. So we just named him the Brodies in honor of him to remember him from now on. And uh, this year's Brodies will go down on January the 3rd on this program. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is is the year-end awards. So it's going to take place everything from 2021, from January to December. Uh, myself and Ken M are going to go through and give them out. It's going to be, you know, wrestler of the year, match of the year, company of the year, event of the year, uh, breakout star men and women, best female and male wrestler. Uh, we, we might even throw a worst show in there. We have some fun with yeah. some stuff. Uh, I know we were doing a WTF moment of the year, uh, which could be good or bad or indifferent. Uh, you know, uh, maybe a you fucked up moment. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, there's a lot of things we're going to put on a list, but January 3rd, we will bring back this year's Brodies. Uh, Lou says Hammerstein could be a company-defining event for them. Absolutely. And they're treating it as such. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be big. But uh, so just so you guys know, that's going to be out there. If you want to throw in your two cents, hit us up on the social medias, man. Uh, if you got a match of the year you think we should look at, I'm pretty sure unless something crazy happens in the next couple weeks, I, I know my match of the year. It's been standing for a while. Yeah. And uh, I, I also know uh, a bunch of the other ones. And unless something changes, I, there's still time. Mm-hmm. Still time. Mind you, that's why it's from January 1st to December 31st. That's important. So believe it or not, the first GCW the GCW event on the 31st still counts as last year. Right. But the first counts on the new year. So Correct. that can't be part of it. Just so, just so everybody's aware. Hammerstein can't be a part of it this year because it's on the 23rd. And the awards are already over. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing. So Ken M. Tell the fine folks how to find the ODPH. Very simple. If you want to swing on over to odphpodcast.com, you can find the directory, which has all links to the podcast, where we'll be dropping new episodes starting this Tuesday. Parlay points, which check out the new blogs count anywhere. So actually on that, because I was talking about Soul Alive in a little preview for tonight's episode of 607 TWS, I have the link to go to fight.tv right there to purchase the event. It's right on the blog. Find it. Thank me later. At OD Parlay Hour on all social medias, blogs, T Public Store, you name it, we're doing it. Use the hashtag ODPHPod. By the way, uh, before I make my uh, things, uh, Lou says my breakout star of the year is Von Wagner. I have, a feel- I have a feeling that's not going to happen. Shield 3.0. Uh, <laughs> I just want to throw it out there. Uh, of course, all information on 3 Fat Nerds Podcast, 8122productions.com. Our T Public store is there. The links to the Twitch channel, which you're, if you're already watching us live, you know that already. But if you're listening to podcasts, you might not know. Twitch.tv slash podcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash 8122productions for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content. You help support everything we do. It's awesome. All those links and more are on 8122productions.com and we're on all social medias. Three Fat Nerds Pod, throwing that in front of it if you have to. Uh, guys, it's been another great show. I enjoyed it. I enjoy my time with you guys each and every week. Believe it or not, even when I'm wrestled out, mm-hmm. I find a way to make it through. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, listening at home, you guys are about to hear One Winged Angel by Second Suitor and you know what that means. That means it's time for us to bid you adieu. For myself, for Ken M, 
Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And later, wrestling fans! Top ropes, one, two.